there! Thanks for listening to the Elevate Christian Church podcast. We exist as a church to connect people with God and each other. Today's message comes to us from our lead minister and preacher, Kevin Barton. We hope this inspires you, grows you, and challenges you in your faith and your walk with Jesus. Enjoy! We are going to spend uh, the next few weeks studying the Holy Spirit. And in particular, we're going to study what is known as the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Uh, and so with that in mind, the, the title of our sermon, our, of our series is Full of Fruit. Full of Fruit. When I was a kid, uh, my dad, you know, it was like all dads, he tried to not use a lot of profanity around me when I was younger. And so whenever he got irritated with someone or agitated or he felt like somebody was trying to pull the wool over his eyes uh, or try to trick him or manipulate him, he, he always used this phrase over and over again. He would say, that guy over there, he's full of baloney. Uh, he, he used that. Uh, we don't use that phrase much anymore. I know that we use a much harsher phrase today. Um, and I'll let you kind of use your imagination on that. Um, but I remember skipping school one day and uh, thought I didn't get caught. And my dad's like, how's school? Oh, it was great. Which is, a, I never said school was great. And so he's like, I know you didn't go to school. You're full of baloney, you liar. Uh, so that, that phrase, full of baloney. Uh, I want to talk to you this morning, not about being full of baloney, uh, but I want to talk to you about being full of fruit. Uh, because there is a gospel principle. When we become Christians... When the blood of Jesus Christ washes away our soul, we're told that the Holy Spirit fills us, fills our hearts full of fruit. And so most of you or many of you who grew up in the church probably are familiar with the famous fruit of the Spirit passage that Paul writes to the Galatian church. So we're going to land there this morning in Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to pick up, start picking up in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Okay, so what I want to do this morning, though, is I want to focus not on those nine attributes, love, joy, peace, etc. I want to pinpoint, I will focus on those later in the series, I want to pinpoint and focus on the first few words that Paul uses here. When he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is. Alright, so I want to we kind of dissect that with you a little bit uh, because there's a few things I think we need to understand uh, to move on with this series. So I want to point those things out. Here's the first thing I want you to understand because uh, this is a common misconception. This is one singular fruit. I often hear people refer to this as the fruits, plural, of the Spirit. Yet the text says the fruit, singular. Uh, of the Spirit. And here's the crazy thing. If you look it up in the Greek, guess what the Greek says? The fruit, not the fruits. So it is a single fruit. Now, this single fruit of the Spirit is actually quite dynamic. It has many dimensions to it. You see it listed behind you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. 
It's one fruit with multiple flavors. So I don't know if, if, if you've ever seen uh, the old school movie, not the creepy one with Johnny Depp, but the old school Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, uh, that, that, that movie. Uh, well, there's this one piece of candy uh, that, that it always catches my attention whenever I watch that movie. It's the never-ending gobstopper. The never-ending gobstopper. Uh, and so you, you're, you're very familiar that w- w- what's amazing is that this single piece of candy has endless sorts of flavors. All right, it's one candy, but it has all of these remarkable flavors. So the fruit of the Spirit is one specific item with several continuous qualities. All right, so this is a, this is a, a lot clumsier of an illustration, but... Um, I I grew up around the apple industry, so think of an apple for a second. The apple is one fruit, right? But you can do so many different things with an apple. Uh, You can make apple cider, you can make apple juice, you can make apple pie, apple sauce, apple fritters, apple cake, apple butter, fried apples. It's kind of like Bubba Gump when he's talking about shrimp this, shrimp that. I was like, apple this, apple this. Um, you, You can do a lot of different things. And so the fruit of the Spirit is one fruit with nine qualities. And here's why I want you to understand this. Because um, if you have, if we have the fruit of the Spirit, it's going to be expressed in all nine different ways. This is not a, I get to choose which of the nine I want to work on. I'm going to be kind and gentle, but I'm not going to have self-control, and I'm not going to be faithful. It's, it's all encompassing. It's all nine. In fact, uh, John, Van, John Van Garden says this, If you think you have several of these down, but you also think you need to work on several others, then you don't possess any of them. It's an all or nothing. What you think you might have are fakes, are counterfeits, are imitations. Back in the 70s and early 80s, people used to decorate their dining room table, I thought this, I think this is strange, with plastic fruit. Remember that growing up, you would go into someone's house and they'd have this bowl of plastic fruit. And some of it's really, really tricky to to determine whether it's real or not. I remember going to my mom's mom, uh, my grandmother, and she had a bowl uh, on her table. And I I wanted an apple, so I picked it up and took a bite. And I got nothing but plastic and and wax. Um, Because it's just an imitation. It's not the real thing. And here's what I want you to understand, because I think this is why so many people struggle in their walk with the Lord. The Christian life is not a matter of imitation. Okay, unsaved moralists can do that. Unsaved moralists can look at that list of the fruit of the Spirit, gentleness, kindness, all all that stuff, and they can white-knuckle their way and say, I'm going to be kinder, I'm going to be gentle, I'm going to have more joy, but they have an unregenerate heart. All right, so they take that list and white-knuckle their way through it. So the Christian life isn't a matter of imitation, it's a matter of impartation. It's a matter of this, I was a sinner, I was wayward, I was lost, I was headed for destruction, I had no hope. 
And then the blood of Jesus was applied to my soul and now I'm saved. And when that happened, the Holy Spirit took up residence in my heart and imparted to me this supernatural fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's one thing to overcome the flesh and not do evil things, right? So here's, I'm not going to do evil things. Here's how I'm going to show the Lord I love him. I'm not going to do evil things. Now, my flesh wants to do those things, but I'm just going to refrain. I'm not going to do that. That, there, that is way different than saying, you know what? I just want to do good things. I'm not worried about not doing evil things. I just want to do good things. There's a huge difference between those two things. So, so think of it in, in lines of this. Think of the legalist. Think of the person that you know that goes to church and all they do is judge you. All they want to do is criticize you. All they want to do is tell you how you're wrong, how you're doing wrong, and they're refraining from not doing those things. Those aren't very pleasant people to be around. We ran those off years ago here at this church because I, I, that's, that's not the attitude of Jesus. So the legalist would say, you know what? I don't do bad things. I don't murder and I don't cheat on my wife. See, I don't do these bad things. But can anyone see the beautiful fruit of the Holy Spirit displayed in their lives? It's kind of like the Pharisees in, in the New Testament. Um, they would say, hey, we have kept the law. We don't do this. We don't do that. We don't do these evil things. And Jesus says, yeah, but you don't do good things. You don't do evil things, but you lack love. What I want us to understand is this. The Holy Spirit is gifting us with his fruit. He's not trying to make us not be bad. He knows we're bad. The Holy Spirit knows you're a horrible person. The Holy Spirit knows I'm a horrible person. He knows that we are bad. He knows that we all needed Jesus because we weren't good enough, right? And so it's not about the Holy Spirit not making us do bad things. The fruit of the Spirit is gifted to us so that we can do good things. It's the evident work of God living in us. So it is one single fruit. Second thing. Paul opens up this passage by saying these words, but the fruit of who? The Spirit. So let me ask you a question. Whose fruit is it? It's the Holy Spirit's fruit. It's not your fruit. Because without God, you can't be kind. You can't be gentle. You can't have self-control. You can white knuckle it for a while, but it's going to manifest. So it is the Spirit's fruit. It is a fruit that the Holy Spirit gives to us so we can distribute to other people. When I was a little boy, my grandfather had apple orchards and he would pick these said apples and put them on a truck and he would go up and down the Shenandoah Valley and he would peddle apples. He would go from farm to farm to farm asking people if they wanted to buy apples. And so the, most of his customers were uh, Mennonites in Harrisonburg, uh, uh, Virginia, Harrisburg, Virginia. And so we would go to all these Mennonite farms and he would, you know, sell apples to, uh, to the ladies there. Uh, and, but there was always kids everywhere. And so I would go with him. And, and every time we went, he would get this big bushel 
of golden delicious apples. And the, the Mennonite kids, they weren't allowed to have candy or a lot of sugar. And so these are really sweet apples. And so my grandfather would say, here's this bushel of apples. As we go from farm to farm to farm, you know, I'm going to you know, be selling these apples to the moms and the dads. But here's these apples. You can give as many apples to whoever you want. And when we would pull up, those kids would just come running to the truck. They love these apples. And so I got to kind of be a big shot uh, and, and, and give them out. My point is this. It was my grandfather's fruit. He grew it. He picked it. He boxed it. And then he gave it to me, his fruit, to distribute to people around me. Okay, it's the same concept with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is his fruit given to us so that we can distribute to those around us. All right, <clears throat> the other thing I want to I want to I want to point out, and I, I don't know if I said this at the beginning, but uh, let me let me say this: um, I had a decision to make, uh, and it was one of those late night audibles. Uh, this was either going to be about a 55-minute sermon, or this was going to be a short sermon. And so I had to make a decision last night, and uh, I, I opted with a short sermon. So this might be the shortest sermon you've ever heard me preach. And my logic was this. Everyone's excited to, to, to get an, an extra hour of sleep like this morning, but at 4.30 when you got to put your pajamas on because it's getting dark outside, uh, you're going to be like, I hate daylight savings. Uh, so I want you to optimize the, the, the 20 minutes of daylight we're going to have left when we leave church. Um, so this is going to be on the shorter side. So not, not number three, um, I want you to note that there is a contrast between what the Bible calls the works of this world or the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The contrast between works and fruit is extremely important. So <clears throat> we said this a couple of weeks ago, your soul my soul needs to be fed. All right, just like your physical body, if you don't feed yourself, you're going to starve to death. Our souls have to be fed. And the Bible makes it abundantly clear we're either feasting on the works of this world or on the supernatural fruit of the Holy Spirit. Okay, and so in the passage that I just read, that speaks of the, uh, of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, right before he goes into this is the fruit of the Spirit, he talks about the, the works of the flesh, the works of this world. So we're going to read it from, from Galatians 5, 19 on down to 23. All right, here we go. Paul says this. Now the works of the flesh, some of your Bibles are going to say the works of the world, are evident. Here's... Here's what people feed on if they're feeding on the works of the flesh. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and all the things of the like. I warn you, listen to this, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I, I don't know how the Apostle Paul could make this any clearer, right? I, like, like, here's what we do. is like, well, I'm a Christian, but four or five of these things I'm not going to give up. 
I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of do both. And, and Paul just said, listen, if you are living in those things, if our souls are feeding on these things, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So, so think of it this way. Think of a huge factory with, with a machine, and it doesn't matter what the machine manufactures, um, but it can turn out a product, okay? So it just, all day long, it spits out replicas of this product, okay? Uh, that machine can, can manufacture a product, but that machine could never, ever prevent you from starving because it cannot manufacture fruit, right? A machine can't manufacture fruit. Fruit must grow out of life. It, we've got to take it from the tree or the vine or the field or the plant. And it's got to be alive and healthy to be able to produce fruit. So uh, I want you to remember uh, some, some things that we've been talking about over the past few months. That all of us are born in the flesh. We all have physical bodies. All right? But all of us are also born with damaged souls. David said, my soul was brought forth in iniquity. It was damaged from the time I was in my mother's womb. So we, we have flesh, we have a damaged soul, and then inside of us, we have a dead spirit. So flesh, damaged soul, dead spirit. When we accept Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes into our heart and resurrects that dead spirit. We now have the Spirit of God living inside of us, which in turn begins to repair that damaged soul. And when that damaged soul begins to be repaired, our works are fruitful. Uh, and then that's why Jesus says, I'll know you by your fruit. So when the Holy Spirit pours into our heart, he resurrects that dead spirit and he causes fruit to grow. So, so our flesh produces dead works, Hebrews 9.14, but the Spirit is living so He can produce the fruit. And so if you are full of the Holy Spirit, then you are also full of fruit. You're full of the fruit of the Spirit. And this is the fruit that helps us with all of our relationships. And so where we're going to go in the next couple of weeks with this direction is we're going to talk about how Having the fruit of the Spirit helps us with every relationship you can imagine. All right? So, 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 so think about this. The fruit of the Spirit helps us with our relationship with God. This is called our vertical relationship. The first three attributes are love, joy, and peace. That has to do with our relationship with God. The word love is agape love. That God loves you unconditionally. That God loves you like a child. That, that, that God loves you more than you can even understand. And when we hear that and we accept that love, it perpetuates a joy in us. And then when you have that love and you have that joy and you put them together, it equals peace. If you know you're loved by God and that perpetuates an eternal joy in your heart, then you can possess what Paul calls the peace that transcends all understanding. But the fruit of the Spirit also helps us with our relationships with other people, our vertical relationships. We would call this manward fruit, right? Patience, kindness, goodness. It has to deal with how we relate with people. Are we patient with our children? Are we patient with our spouse? 
Are we patient with those around us? Are we kind to one another? Are we good to one another? So it has to deal with that relationship. So you've got the horizontal relationship, uh, and then you've got your, I mean, the horizontal relationship and the vertical relationship. Uh, but then there's one last relationship. We're going to have to spend an entire week on this. It's the hardest relationship that we have. And it's not with God, and it's not with each other. It's the relationship we have with ourselves. Nobody is harder on you than you. Nobody will tear you down more than you'll tear yourself down. Nobody will criticize you and second-guess you more than you second-guess yourself. And so you, th you see things like faithfulness. Fruit can only grow if the climate is right. Are we faithful with ourselves? Are we faithful with God? You see things like self-control. And so we're going to tackle all of these relationships through this series. So the Holy Spirit has gifted us with fruit to handle all these relationships that we have. So let me just end today uh, by, by, saying, by asking you a question. What good is it to have the fruit of the Spirit if we don't use it? We don't consume it. This is what's going on with the American Evangelical Church. This is why you've been hearing me for three years saying we, we, we need to wake up uh, because the church is shrinking, not, not elevate per se, but the universal church in America is getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and COVID has just ripped 40% of it away. All right, And a big reason is, is because we've got the fruit of the Spirit, and we just kind of want to keep it to ourselves, Right? I've got all the golden delicious apples. I'm not going to hand them out. I want them for myself. And as a church, we've got to, to, to be able to do this. So what good is having the fruit of the Spirit if we never use it? I can answer that question. It does no good at all. Absolutely none. There's a little boy named Jeremy, and he's a cute little kid. You ever seen those kids that kind of have the Coca-Cola glasses, like you know, real thick glasses, and he had a constant uh, bowl cut? Well, one day after a, a very uncharacteristic absence from his school, Jeremy showed up to class the next day with his huge grin on his face, and he was wearing this goofy hat with Mickey Mouse ears. And the teacher said, well, Jeremy, where did you get that hat? And he said, you'll never guess. I went to Disney yesterday. I'm so excited. She, the teacher said, oh, really? Well, why don't you tell us about your trip to Disney? Okay, he said, well, I got to Disney and the first thing I saw was the parking lot. And it must have been able to hold a million cars. It was so big that they had a train, a tram to, that would come and pick you up. And so I got on that tram and what a ride that was. And it took me to where I could buy my tickets. And so I got off, I stood in line, I bought a ticket, I even bought this cool hat. By this time, it's not just the teacher paying attention. The whole class is kind of leaning in to hear. And she said, well, what did you do next? He said, well, I got back on the tram. And I rode around the parking lot all day long. It's the most fun I ever had. All day, just circles and circles. And the teacher said, wait a minute. You didn't go through the turnstiles and go under the bridge to Main Street, USA, and Adventureland, and Fantasyland, and Tomorrowland, and the rest of the lands that are there. Uh, you just, you didn't see the rest of the park? Jeremy got a puzzled look on his face, and he thought for a minute, and he said, no. Was I supposed to? 
You see, Jeremy had never experienced the fun and the vitality and the life of Disney because he never want, went beyond the ticket booth. So let me tell you why you might be stuck in your walk with God. You got your ticket to heaven, and then you got back on the tram of life, and you're just doing circles, and you're stuck. I want to invite you throughout this series, as we did last year when we talked about the Holy Spirit, to start praying specifically to the Spirit and saying, listen, how do I manifest this fruit, this ninefold fruit? I, I want that. I, I, I'm not interested in, in, t- uh, in imitating it. I, I'm interested in you inhabiting me by s- totally surrendering myself to you, opening myself up, asking you how I should talk, who I should talk to, where I should go, how I should interact, and, and, and just let the Spirit do the work. And, and I try to tell you this, man. If you pray that prayer, I promise you He will. He, he always does. It's great that we have our ticket to heaven, but we're missing out on a lot if we don't go inside the gate. We're missing out on a lot, and others are missing out if we're not showing them the fruit of the Holy Spirit and trying to tell them that they can have that fruit too, that Jesus can wash away their sins, and the Holy Spirit can take up residence in their heart, And they can produce this beautiful, wonderful fruit. We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast today. If you'd like to learn more about Elevate or partner with us in what God is doing here, check out our website at elevatecc.com. Until next time, God bless you and thanks again.